The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, you may have noticed the absence of one Adam McGee in that intro. Uh, our fearless co-host is under the weather today, so it's just me. Wait a minute, it's not just me. We've got a whole team of people at the Eurostep Podcast Network joining me on the other line from an undisclosed location. It is our, uh, I was going to use fearless again, I already used that for for Adam, our distinguished leader, uh, Ty Windish. Ty, how you doing today? I think I'm good. I think Adam will be happy that, you know, I like I didn't try and do that and me. I, I didn't try to do that. I think he'll be pleased about that. He will not be pleased about the leader designation. Adam has yet to, to come to the light there, but that's okay. I'm doing well. You know, listen, I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, undisclosed Wisconsin, but We've got to talk about some Brewers game. I keep saying, so excited to do this podcast, Andrew. And then I remember, and I have the box scores up from the series, and it's like, I'm excited, but also like, bro, this sucks. Uh, it does indeed suck with, with where the Brewers are currently. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. No panic here. I'm still optimistic about the season as a whole, but we we find ourselves in a sticky predicament, and 
as you said, we always love talking to, to one another and having the playbacks and podcasts, but when there aren't fun things to talk about it, you know, it takes a little bit of the wind out of our sails and you know, the, we should say coming off uh, a three game sweep sweep of the, from the Philadelphia Phillies this week, the Brewers have now lost six games in a row. Uh, they've lost eight of nine. I think I saw a stat from Kurt Hogg. They were outscored 38 to nine on the most recent homestand. And a stat Adam dropped into my DMs a minute ago, despite um, him, you know, fighting through being under the weather, he's still keeping up with things. The NL Central uh, on its own is on a collective seven game losing streak right now. Uh, that was from TMJ Garcia on Twitter. I haven't double checked that, but it sounds right because I do know for a fact the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, were just swept by the Tampa Bay Rays, which is why the Brewers still find themselves uh, a half game up in the NL Central. So uh, things seem to be going poorly all the way around right now for NL Central teams and uh, more uh, directly the Brewers as it relates to, you know, our day in and day out happiness. And the thing is about this, as I said to you just a minute ago, is like, I, I wish I could have a hot take. I wish I could have a an antidote, even being the idiot that I am, I still, you know, like to insert my opinion about how things should be going when they're not going well. But right now, that's just called podcasting, Andrew. Right. That is a, that's a very good point. If you have a microphone in your face, uh, (laughs) you should have an opinion, but right now I've just got nothing because there's no hot take I can have about what's going wrong. It's just that guys need to play better. They need to get hits with runners on base Pitchers that we know can perform need to get back to performing performing. And probably most importantly is they need to get completely healthy and have everyone available to play at the same time. Because right now it seems like everything that can go wrong will. Yeah. I think it's kind of almost a a harder series to talk about because you look at what went wrong and it's not really what you would expect to go wrong for the Brewers. I mean, in, in the aggregate, yes, is it? It's very Brewers for them. I think on the homestand, they scored zero more than they scored above three out of these last seven games. They scored zero three times, four once, five once, and then two and three. I think, though, you know, there were a couple things coming into these last two series, but especially this series against Philly. It was like, oh, this long, brutal road trip, and they made sure they were going to win the road trip early, and then you lose the last two to the Cubs, but it's like, okay, still, it's a good road trip. Now they can get home, and they win the first one against the Padres, and it's like, you know, they kind of falter from there. They get blanked in back-to-back games, but the Padres staff has been good this year, and you're like, you know what? They haven't had a day off in forever. I think they're just worn down. There's so many guys on, on the IL. It's okay, and then they get the day off, and they work some guys back in, and they're ready to beat the the Phillies. And it's like, I think that one was tough because Hader finally, right, blows a save and gives up two homers. And this was also kind of a series of just like really inexplicable homers between him and, and then Hauser in game two. But it, it was just like, it just really hurts in that situation when, you know, the guy is ready to snap a losing streak of three games at that point and give you the early edge in this series. We all knew eventually, I think, that he was going to blow a save, but to have it happen then I feel like is extra tough. That's maybe the worst opportunity for him to blow outside of obviously like the playoffs or something. And then game two is just an absolute mess, and we can, we'll get into it. And then game three, 
kind of more of the same. But yeah, it's not like you look and go, it's only this. I mean, they need to score more. They scored five runs over three games, but they had themselves in a position to win game one and game two, you give up eight runs. So you kind of expect to lose that anyway. So it was tough to see the pitching kind of go haywire in a time when we know the offense isn't really going to be that reliable for the crew. Yeah, that is kind of the one, I guess, secret sauce is just the offense in general needs to be better. And it's been a piecemeal offense from time to time with guys going in and out of the lineup with injuries. Uh, I was taking a look at just some of the more individual stats, and I won't go too deep into you know the, the sabermetric stuff, but just from a broad view and some of uh, more mainstream stats, they rank 18th in OPS in the league with an OPS of 700. Uh, so you know, slightly below average. They are not what you want to see on base percentage. They rank 21st with a 306 on base percentage. And then slugging, I think, is a little better. Um, that's, you know, obviously, as we've seen, they've got they've got pop uh, in a few areas in the lineup. Um, and it seems to be a solo home run or bust <laughs> for the moment. But they have a 15th ranked slugging 394 uh, for the season. So still not what you want to see. But yeah, that is the the one thing that could make all of this a little better is if just they were more consistently getting runs across. I mean, that's what baseball is run prevention, run scoring. And it, it just makes it very hard on the pitching staff. If, if they're not going to be able to reliably put runs across game in and game out, I mean, get game one against the Phillies on Tuesday after the off, they really did look like that templated uh, low scoring brewers win for most of the game. Or, uh, and uh, th- things got started in the first, Andrew McCutcheon in the midst of uh, what would be his uh, back-to-back multi-hit games after struggling, double to left to score Yelich, uh, a one nothing lead after the first. Uh, and then uh, going into the game, I should say Hunter Renfro was activated off of the IL, so that adds some pop back into the lineup. Then Trevor got <laughs> immediately in the corresponding move sent to the IL. So even when good things happen, bad things have to soon follow. Uh, Colton Wong would leave that game early with a calf injury. Uh, Council has said he doesn't think it will require an IL stint, but still not great to see. Uh, so Kutch has that first inning double that, that scores Yelly. Uh, the Phillies answer with a Bryce Harper sack fly. Rowdy immediately grabs the lead back with an RBI double again, scoring Yelich, who we should say, and we'll get to this later, uh, is doing a, a better job of just getting on base, even if he's not hitting for power. He hit third in this game, and then he hit leadoff in the next two games, which is something you spoke into existence. And a 5-for-12 series, getting in on base in every game, uh, getting on base twice uh, in, a few of the, in, in two of the games, I really like what you did here, speaking this into existence, because I think this could be something that kind of unlocks some value for Yelly. What are your thoughts on that? I know you were big on the idea before, and I think we have the the makings of something that looks like it could be successful. Yeah, I just think that it's almost a psychological thing at this point, both in terms of, I mean, I, one, it's an effectiveness thing of there are guys who are more suit, more suited to be hitting third right now, whether you want to say Rowdy, Renfro, um, Willie, whoever, right? There, there's all, all these guys, and I think we all just know they have more pop, they're more consistent, they're, they're coming through more often than Yelich. So, and I do wonder, you know, how long will the leadoff Yelly thing last when Colton Wong is able to play again? And a little concerning that apparently he was beaten up over the road trip, but they just rode him a bit anyway because so many other guys were out. Like, 
I don't know. I guess you got to bank wins when you can, and hopefully it's not too serious, but that's a little concerning to hear. Um, but I, I just think that trying to make Yelly a three, I almost wonder, I mean, I know he's said a billion times, you know, I feel good. I'm fine. Everything else. And maybe he is, maybe it's just, you know, the, it's a skill level thing now for him, not a mental thing, but I almost think just putting him in a different frame of mind of like, we don't need you to be the guy for this team offensively right now. It'd be great. I mean, payroll wise, maybe we do, but you know, the, the actual day-to-day operations of the team, we don't, we have guys who can drive in runs, just go get on base, right? He's got a good eye. He's fast. He runs the bases pretty well. Go get on base. That's all you got to do. And I think his first game in leadoff, he was just one for four. But in the third game of the series, he had two hits, and I believe he had a walk as well. So um, nice to see that kind of you know on base production from Yelly. And I do think maybe it maybe this will be good for him to help him look better going forward if he's not up there trying to be you know your typical three hole hitter. What Ryan Braun was here for. 10 years or whatever it was. Uh, I just, and Yelich was that at one point too, but I just think it's probably not good for anyone if you continue to try and shoehorn him into that role. And I also think, you know, put him at leadoff, see if that works. Don't just be like, yeah, you're seventh now, right? Like that'd be a little brutal for the guy. So I think it's a good plan. I'm excited to see how it goes. Although again, who knows how long it'll last. Colton Wong's been a pretty good leadoff hitter for the the Brewers this year as well. Yeah, right now uh, in terms of qualified hitters, so guys with enough, uh, plate appearances. Uh, Rowdy, Yelly, and Colton Wong all have 321 OBPs. <laughs> not not a great number overall, but you know uh, some of the more reliable guys are getting on base on the team. So uh, I like that option. Obviously, he hit uh, in the the three hole uh, where he scored three runs in game one. But I like the idea of him being a table setter. Like having a really you know, when Yelly's really clicking and doing well, he's having those deep counts and those long at bats and having him start games that way, draw a walk, get on base for the, the middle of that order and maybe have some fast starts. It only yielded one run uh, or in game one, and it was with him at third in the th- three hole, but maybe with him being at lead off, leads off the game to draw a walk. Uh, maybe, you know, we get an Adamus double and then we've got things cooking for, for Rowdy or Urias or Hunter Renfro, however they want to like, uh, conduct the lineup. Uh, also in game one, we've got another really gutty performance from Jason Alexander, uh, kept the team in the game, which is, was, he understood the assignment, wasn't the prettiest outing, but he got the job done. Five innings pitch, uh, scattered seven hits, only allowed one run, a couple of walks, and one strikeout. He's just a ground ball machine, <laughs> and uh, he he looks uh, him and Adrian Hauser just looks so similar in terms of the the profile of the pitches they're throwing, just hammering those sinkers in the zone to try and get uh, quick outs. I mean, and you can see, despite all the base runners, he only had seventy eight pitches. I think uh, Council was smart not to not to really press the issue and try and get get more than he needed to there. He, he turned to the bullpen and that proved to be the right call in the middle innings. And then uh, the ninth inning was just an act of God. So you, you make it through uh, five Jason Alexander innings, and then you get solid performances from Hobie Milner, who continues to just show that he can stay in this bullpen and be a guy that can be counted on. Uh, Brad Boxberger, uh, another scoreless outing. Devin Williams, a scoreless outing in the eighth. And then Josh Hader was just, a situation where it's, you can't predict baseball. Baseball players are human. He is the best relief pitcher on the planet right now. And two pitches did weren't executed perfectly, and two guys made great swings on him, Alec Baum 
and then Matt Verling hit solo homers uh, to give the Phillies a 3-2 lead. That We were given some hope, hope in the ninth. I don't know if you were locked into this game, Ty. I know you were locked into game two because I watched it with you. Uh, Corey Knable, old friend, gave the Brewers some hope. He Tried walked three best, in the ninth. <laughs> he walked three to load the bases, and then here was a situation where the roster still not being back to 100% was an issue because Willie Adamas was not activated this game. They waited until uh, Wednesday to activate him, uh, just you know, out of caution. And, yeah, Pablo Reyes at the plate without anyone else on the bench that you could really go to there. Um, uh, Omar Narvaez was still on the COVID IL, so Victor Caratini started the game. So I think the last guy remaining on the bench at the time was Alex Jackson. So not necessarily a move you're going to make there. You have um, to leave it up to Pablo, who had unf- had a, a, a run of infield hits. <laughs> Wood, Woodruff still injured, too, so there's another good bat that you didn't have available. Yeah, that would that would have been – Epic. If Brandon Woodruff was on this roster and they pinch hit him, I wonder if Woody just like takes BP still. And it's like, I hope, man. I hope he does. He's like, one day they'll need me. Um, but Reyes, Reyes struck out and yeah. ended the game. And uh, that was that. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, I've got the my my COVID uh, symptoms from a few months ago. There was one left. It's a cough and it's brutal. But uh, strikes out with the bases loaded to lose the game and one that. They easily could have won, but also uh, cosmically in the force, kind of balanced out by that epic comeback um, against the Padres. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
So I want to circle back quickly to something, and I don't want to dwell too much more on this individual game because it did just it just stunk. I mean, I think this is the one where we're used to seeing this Brewers team like if they're gonna lose a series, it's gonna be they have a game like this, and then they have a game where they give up like four or more runs. And in this case, it was ten and get blanked, and then they have a game kind of like Game Three where it's like they, the wheels kind of fall off. But I want to circle back to Jason Alexander who. I can't tell yet if he is like uh, an escape artist extraordinaire or if he's just getting a little bit lucky. It's back to back. He's got two starts total now, giving up seven hits in both, which is, you know, not ideal, not what you're looking for. Also has walked five hits or walked five batters total. So seven hits in each game, 14 total hits, three walks in his first start, two walks in his second start. So he's put basically 10 guys on base, both games, 10 and then nine. But only gave up two earned in the first game, three total, and one earned in this game. So it's like, you know, we obviously it's baseball. We need more data. You always need more data for a new a rookie pitcher. But I can't figure out, like, is this guy actually clutch gene? And like, you know, all right, I, I'll give up a couple hits here. I'm a ground ball pitcher, but I'll get out of it. Or is it just like, are things breaking right? And I wanted to get your thought because obviously, you know, I think I'm excited about this Jason Alexander coming up. And I think really with kind of some pressure on just in terms of how the Brewers have been playing, what they've needed out of him, the status of their starters and their pen with injuries and everything else. It's like not an easy spot for a guy to come up to. And like you said, I think earlier, he's getting the job done, which is great. But like, is he just happening to get the job done or is he getting the job done? I think it's uh, a little bit of both. Um, Obviously, (laughs) excuse me, God, the COVID is killing me. Uh, don't get it, folks. Get vaccinated because uh, yeah. the cough lingers. Uh, he's got a 2-2-5 ERA and through two starts, 12 innings pitch, uh, 14 hits in those games, and five walks. So he's getting a lot of base runners, only four strikeouts, not missing a lot of bats. His FIP, obviously, f- uh, 12 innings of data, not a large sample size, is three seven three. So that would indicate, yes, he is uh, getting a little lucky. But I think that's just always going to be the profile of a guy who's not missing bats but is uh, getting a lot of weak contact. You're going to have some of those games where you just rack up ground balls. You'll rack up double plays. Um, and there's also going to be those games where you just like bleed, bleeders through the infield and little bloop hits. And then you have a four run outing through five, just because you're not really a guy that's locked in and striking guys out. So I really love what he's brought to this rotation at a time when they needed it more than anything. I think he's more than earned the right to, keep getting more turns to the rotation. Will it can, will he continue to have a two, two, five ERA? I, I doubt it, but if he's up around four and if he can go, especially if he can do what he did in his first start and go deep into games. And because of him not getting into like deep strikeout counts and like striking guys out with three, two counts, if he's getting a lot of ground ball outs early and can limit his pitch count, he can go deep into games. And even if he gives up, three or four runs if it's a time where you really need to spare the bullpen. I think that's of tremendous value to them, especially uh, while Woody and Peralta are still um, recovering from injury. So uh, the, the long-winded answer to your question is probably a little luck involved here, but like this is just kind of what you expect from a pitcher with his profile and, and what he throws. And I, I think ride it in, as, as long as you need it until it's not working anymore. Yeah, I'm with it. And listen, I'm I'm rooting for the guy and certainly deserves more turns to the rotation. And I think 
you know, maybe he'll lose those once the team gets healthy, if the team gets healthy. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, that's the one upside of, you know, Woodruff and Peralta not being available is that he's going to get some more chances. And I think he certainly he's deserved him so far. And it'd be great if that ERA did stay, you know, below two and a half, that's a pretty elite mark for any starter, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, listen, I totally agree, too, with the innings eater thing. Like, I think that is so valuable to any team, even if you're not a two two five ERA guy. Like if you're just dependable enough to get through six most of the time, that's just huge for teams. And, you know, we saw neither of the Brewers more vaunted starters got that far. Actually, Hauser did get through six in game two. They just kind of gave up on the game. But uh, should we should we talk about this thing real quick? Yeah, in the in the uh, oh, I, I typed that wrong. But in the game two notes, uh, for this series, <laughs> I just put meant to put well, fuck, because like, what what do you say about a game like this? I don't know if we're not safe for work podcast, Adam. You might have to 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 bleep this out. But uh, yeah, it was just terrible. Uh, ten nothing loss, and um, got dominated by Aaron Nola, who yeah. is an excellent pitcher. Who I think it had some scuffles here and there over the last few years after looking like he was going to be a perennial Cy Young contender eight innings pitch only four hits six strikeouts and 103 pitches very efficient and just really dominated the game uh like I said Yelich uh singled Rowdy hit a pair of singles and Hunter Renfro had a single and that was it four runners left on base uh only uh one at bat with a runner in scoring position and that was an out um, I mean, it's yeah, kind of crazy to look at. I mean, you the, the, you said the hits; those are all of the hits the roster managed, and nobody walked. So that's it. That's all they managed to do the whole game was get four guys on base across nine innings. This is literally, I think, this is the example of like what if everything aside from new injuries goes wrong in a baseball game for you? Because you obviously Nola was incredible, and I feel like I've heard you guys say so many times like. Wow, that pitcher, one of the best outings of the year we've seen. Yeah, it's because he's pitching against the Brewers. I think that's going to continue to happen every so often. It seems like uh, a lot of guys are having great, great outings against the crew, unfortunately. Um, but then on the other side, you know, every pitcher you put in there gives up at least one earned run. Um, four dingers were given out, were pitched by the Brewers. Like, it was really just like everything stunk. Like, everything was bad. Nothing was very good. Shout out to, was it Rowdy, who had two hits in this game, which feels like an incredible feat. Um, but clearly, nobody did enough to get close to a win here. Yeah, and it was brutal to watch. Uh, we were on playback together, so we got to, you know, enjoy it as a GSBN family, at least, uh, and kind of suffer through it together. Uh, Adrian Hauser just didn't have it, and uh, he's been so so good this year. And so I was uh, hated to see it just because uh, he's one of those guys that just you, you kind of root for um, because he's he's not one of the big names. He's not a Corbin Burns or a Brandon Woodruff. Uh, he's kind of uh, an unsung hero from time to time, and he just didn't have it to the, uh, that day. A Bryson Stott homer uh, in the third made it two nothing. Reese Hoskins homers in the third uh, to make it four nothing. Uh, Adubel Herrera homered in the fifth, make it five run, nothing. So all of his runs coming off of homers and from a ground ball pitcher, it's just clear that it, you know he was leaving things up in the zone and it just wasn't getting guys to roll over. And that's kind of that. Uh, two innings from Brent Suter, who uh, wasn't wasn't horrible. He kind of bridged the gap there and and 
you know, it looks like he hopefully can start to turn things around. Two innings pitch, two hits, one run, two strikeouts. His book just arrived to my house yesterday. My wife is hey. a teacher. Uh, so for her classroom, I purchased the Binky Bandit. Nice. Um, so I will I'll put, post a full Substack review for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we definitely need a before, – before we get into those kids, they can wait. Let's have the adult here read it and, and see what kind of enjoyment we can get out of it. Exactly. It is summer vacation, so we've got, I've got a few months. Uh, as Adam knows, I like to procrastinate. Through, so <laughs> I think I can get through this one. And then probably the thing that upset me most about this game uh, was Luke Barker's performance just because, again, you know, I, I'm, too po- I'm too much of a positive poly because it's just like after thinking, going into this season, thinking I wasn't going to have a reason to enjoy baseball and then the Brewers giving me that reason and just – you know, finding stories within the team and guys that I just like really root for. One of those guys who, you know, obviously I didn't know about uh, coming into the season with fresh eyes was Luke Barker, 30 year old uh, career minor leaguer who is finally getting his opportunity comes into a game. That's, you know, pretty much done. And he uh, just kind of has to, to wear it at the end because they needed him to finish out the inning one inning, five hits, four runs, all of them earned just one strikeout. And he allowed a homer to Bryce Harper, which is, you know, that's a thing that happens to a lot of guys. Bryce Harper, (laughs) he's pretty good at baseball. Um, But I really hope this one bad outing isn't used as a reason to uh, send Barker back to Nashville, because I think we saw in his debut, he's, he's more than uh, big league quality. And I think you can chalk that up just one bad outing. Um, But yeah, overall, just a very disappointing game and just, one of those things that once the snowball gets rolling down the hill, you know, sometimes you can't stop it. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's a tough situation to come into. Clearly, Philly was feeling pretty, pretty damn good by the time they saw Barker. And I remember uh, BA got us with a real bad jinx because I think Harper was the only hitless Philly or something, or you know, the only one of their premier players at least to not not have a big moment at the plate, and then he immediately goes yard in the ninth inning there to really, I mean, listen, the way the Brewers were swinging the bats, this thing was pretty out of reach anyway, but to really, really make this out of reach. But it is tough. I mean, it's like, that's the issue with like trying to look at these relievers' numbers if you look at their season numbers when they only have played a couple appearances. Because now I think Barker's sitting on the 12 ERA, which is Brewer. Maybe that was just for this game, but his ERA in total is obviously quite bad now. Uh, no, that is total. He's got a 12 ERA, but he pitched his two innings before this and his other appearance and, you know, all of his hits, all of his runs were this one. So it's like, you know, is this, again, it's kind of similar to the Jason Alexander. Like we don't know yet if this is the norm for him that every two, three starts, he's or appearances, he's going to get rocked. Or if this is just, you know, running into a hot team at a bad time and then, you know, all your stuff is out of whack. So I agree. I wouldn't like to judge him too harshly for this. Um, and again, Suter wasn't, wasn't terrible by any means, but it is just like every pitcher who goes in there gives up at least one, you know, they get 10. It's the Brewers get four total hits. Yeah. It's, it's just a hard game. Yeah. I think I identify with Barker because, you know, I am also 30 and just got called up to the big leagues (laughs) at GSPN doing cruising for a bruising. So, you know, if, if this podcast is my 12 ERA game, uh, don't send me down guys. Don't send me down. Don't send Luke Barker down. Moving on to game three, uh, a nice afternoon game. Looked like a lovely day at the ballpark, I will say. The weather looks tremendous. I don't live in Wisconsin, so I don't know how these things are shaking out in terms of the weather at uh, AmFam. So I'm going to defer 
defer to you on that, but it looked beautiful. Um, this was an, another weird one because it's a Corbin Burns start. Uh, you get him on the mound. I think I saw uh, some splits from somebody dropped in the uh, Discord, and it might have been Kelp, uh, that Zach Eflin, who was going for the Phillies, is usually terrible on the road. So it's a get, game going into it that you would expect to have a good shot at. And then it just didn't work out that way. Corbin Burns uh, is back, back-to-back back uh, starts that aren't typically what you would expect for him. And today it was – or yesterday, excuse me, it was the walks. He was getting into a lot of deep counts and a lot of strikeouts and also a lot of walks. Uh, four and a third innings pitch, three runs allowed. Uh, only one of them was earned, but four walks. Uh, and 113 pitches through four and a third innings. So just, you know, really struggling with that command and and putting guys away with two strikes. Uh, I was reading, uh, I think, J.R. Radcliffe's article about um, the game, and he noted that Burns got to two strikes on 18 of the 21 hitters mm. he faced. Mm. So it's you're getting into those situations, those deep counts, running uh, the pitch count up, and then, it's either ending in a walk or a strikeout, it seems. He had a 41-pitch second inning and just wasn't able to to kind of get the job done. And uh, he's a guy, much like with Hater, that you just it, you have to realize that sometimes these guys are going to be human and and things happen. It, this was a, a game a lot uh, later into the game than, than, uh, than Wednesday was. Uh, Brewers got the scoring started with a Willie Adamas-Homer to, to dead center field that he absolutely crushed. He was activated off the aisle on Wednesday. Um, I think he's uh, one for eight th- uh, through his his first two games back, had three strikeouts in game one, but put together a lot of really good at-bats in this game. Saw a lot of pitches uh, with runners on base and had some forced some deep counts, and then it just didn't end up you know going the way that he wanted he would pop out or, or strike out uh, but he did have the homer so that was nice to see um really yeah just a weird game uh two for nine with runners in scoring position 12 runners left on base a game they could have won and then kind of just got started off on a weird foot because burns is out in the fifth inning yeah it was it was troubling because you could see the command issues weren't even just locating pitches he, I think the reason his runs weren't all earned is trying to throw to first. He couldn't get it to Rowdy uh, in a pickoff attempt. And then that gave up an extra base. And I think later he had, I believe he had a wild pitch and there was a pass ball in this game. So, or maybe the pass ball was a different game, but a lot of, uh, a lot of issues with just Burns trying to put the ball where he wanted to put it, both in terms of facing batters and just trying to pick guys off. And, you know, it is, it is unfortunate to see, him get lit up like this, but I mean, three runs in, in four and a third, it's like, it's not a good start. And it's not the kind of start you obviously expect or hope for from a guy like Corbin Burns, but they weren't DOA at this point, you know, like it's still a game. And I think got to give props to Miguel Sanchez, who's just been like really incredible in the eight and a thirties work this year Two he gets through two thirds scoreless, but he does give up two hits. That's one where I almost wonder if, should you try to push him? I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't worked a ton this year. You don't want to ask a guy to do too much or put him in a bad situation. It did take him 17 pitches to get out of the fifth. But, you know, Hobie the homie comes through again. Boxberger has an okay but not great inning, giving up uh, giving up the run, the homer. And then Trevor Kelly. 
Trevor Kelly, Trevor Kelly, Trevor Kelly. Rohan's guy, Trevor Kelly. It, it, it is tough because, you know, somebody in the Discord, I think it was John, is like, when's the last time Trevor Kelly had a, a clean a clean appearance? And I went to look because it feels like never. And again, it's one of those, like, tricky reliever stats where he actually starts off the year excellent with three scoreless, then gets rocked at two games against the Cubs, four earned and then two earned and then four earned. Then two more scoreless, and then this game where he gives up four. And it's like, it's tough to, you know, have more than half of your appearances be clean. But also, you can't be giving up multiple runs in, in relief stints multiple times in your first, whatever it is, eight appearances. So, kind of tough for Trevor Kelly, but he's had a couple of these games where it just, like, really has nuked the Brewers' chances. They don't win anyway. I said to you I had a depressing Trevor Kelly stat. They still don't win this game based on the offense they generated if he gives up no runs, which is tough, um, but should have been a little closer than it was until the wheels came off there late in the game. Uh, Yeah, the that, that was not a good outing. I can't comment on Trevor Kelly because he went to – uh, my school, oh, rival school. Oh. So it would just, it would just seem like me being petty. So <laughs> thank, thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough look for Rohan. Uh, you know, he has, he just has an ability. Now I've done it once, as we know. I jinxed Trevor got on that playback. Um, yeah, he was able to bounce back. Uh, Rohan, you know, I, I just want to put it, put it to the test. If we can have a series where we're coming in. And at the end of an episode, when we're previewing an opponent, I want Rohan to just like really embrace a guy from a team that are about <laughs> to play and see what happens. We're going to put yeah. that to the test. Yeah, the butterfly effect ending in this game uh, was the fifth, because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Kyle Schwarber reaches on that pass ball by Caratini. No shade to Caratini because he's been really good this year and he uh, was great with the bat in this game. But that allows him to reach uh, Hoskins singles. Burns is still in the game at this point. Then Bryce Harper crushes one to first base, but Rowdy makes a, a play on the line drive. And then they bring in Sanchez, and, and that ends Corbin's day with one out in the fifth. A Nick Castellanos single. When he was at the plate with runners on uh, in the middle of a day where I'm working and also trying to follow the game, I, like, thought, okay, Castellanos is up. I'm probably about to get fired via slack right now or something. Uh, Nick <laughs> Something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, Nick Castellanos just has a flair for just doing something big in the in the worst possible moment. But he singles to load the bases. Real Muto uh, hits a sack fly to score Schwarber, who had reached via the pass ball to make it 2-1 Phillies. And then Gregorius, uh, Didi Gregorius, hits kind of an accidental double uh, on a yeah. check swing down the left field, or down in the left field against the shift. Hoskins scores, and that makes it 3-1. So 3-1 in off of just kind of uh, weird yeah. situations that – like the the pass ball and then there was another instance uh at a certain point in the game where adamas grounds out on a similar swing to what gregorius did and with the bases loaded and nothing happened so it's just like those little weird intricacies of baseball where what you're trying to do isn't even what happened and you just the ball bounces your way and the fifth inning was a a ball does not bounce the brewer's way inning to the nth degree 
Yeah, I forgot Sanchez. And in 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 the process of not picking up any earned runs himself, did let two of Corbin's guys score. So uh not not the ideal uh two thirds after all. But it is tough when you come into a situation like that. But yeah, it's it's you know, it's how can you not be romantic about baseball, right? This is something I've been thinking about a lot as I play MLB the show. And I'm not gonna do that thing where I take twenty minutes to talk about my road to the show, but I do feel like, you know, it'll be like perfect, crack off the bat, right to the right fielder. And then it's like lunging out of the zone, barely makes contact with a slider. And it's like, oh, that just got behind the shortstop. That's that's two RBIs right there. And it's like baseball, man. Baseball. Exactly. Uh, but we might we might uh, start a segment, which is Ty's road to the show check-in. So, we might have to stay, if they keep playing like this. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Hobie Milner per- pitches a scoreless sixth, something that's really nice to see. Like you said, he's been great, uh, and he'll, he'll come up later. Uh, in the sixth inning, Hunter Renfro just crushes a, a crushes another homer to dead center. Him and Adamas uh, have now equaled Rowdy Tellez for ten homers and the team lead. And that ball was absolutely just annihilated. Um, that would make it three two. And then immediately in the seventh, uh, Brad Boxberger comes on. Uh, Bryce Harper hits a homer to center. So Bryce Harper in this series uh, a couple of times showed why he's Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Schwarber also had a really good series uh, despite struggling this season. The Phillies put together this team construction uh, being like no defense, just vibes and bombs. <laughs> and that is exactly what they showed in this series, Save, except for game one where they only scored uh, three runs. But obviously two coming via the homer, via guys you would not expect who were struggling uh, and bomb and beerling. And then the rest of the series, their guys were their guys. Um, so four two uh, in the seventh, kind of took the wind a little bit out of your sails, and then that eighth inning for Trevor Kelly, like you were mentioning, where Schwarber hits his uh, two run homer to make it six two. Then in the top of the night, Adubel Herrera two run homer to make it eight two again off Kelly, and from that point, uh, it was kind of a situation where you, you knew the game was gone. Yeah. Uh, they would the Brewers would get one more run in the ninth. Nice to see Yelly uh, score on a single by McCutcheon, but. That was kind of that. It's like we said, six losses in a row, eight of nine, tough homestand. Um, and it just kind of is what it is. Like we said, uh, some of those moments where one team either gets lucky or executes and the other doesn't, and that changes the game. We've seen it go in the, the Brewers' favor um, a few times this year, thinking of uh, some dramatic wins like Keston Hero's walk-off homer or the ninth inning comeback. It was highlighted by um, the Jace Peterson triple and the Andrew McCutcheon walk-off single. But in this series, it wasn't to be. This is kind of what happens over the course of a 162-game season. They played 59 games this year, and they find themselves with a 33-26 record, a half-game lead in the Central. And now is, we'll figure out where they go from here, what they need to do to improve the team. And really, it's just they need to more consistently hit, like, hit in general and hit yeah. with runners on runners on base and it's yep. your guys need to be your guys and uh soon it feels like they will be healthy uh omar narvaez was spotted in the dugout so he's clear covid protocols he's that's, traveling that's gonna big. be a big one the way he swung the bat this year yeah and uh like i know a lot of guys don't uh don't do this uh with catchers but having him or caratini is a pinch hit option late in the game over some other guys, like a situation, excuse me, God, coffee 
I'm, I'm doing all the bodily functions in this episode, coughing, burping, doesn't matter. Podcast <laughs> etiquette is out the window. I'm old and it's just, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. Having a situation where Reyes is up with the bases loaded. If you'd had Omar Narvaez on the bench, I know, like I said, guys don't like to pinch hit their catchers that much, but that would have been a situation where it would have seemed to be warranted. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, some other news and notes that I picked up about the series, not to, to dwell, but uh, Todd Rosiak said it's the first time the Brewers have lost six straight at home uh, since August 25th through the 30th in 2016, where they lost uh, two series sweeps to the Pirates and Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, uh, a little a little disappointing uh, over the last week or so more, but uh, we press onward. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, really it just speaks to what you said about you, you need to show you, there's only so much you can do in terms of like, whatever, moving guys around, I think, whether it's the lineup or roster moves or, you know, call ups and, and um, you know, sit downs or whatever. But I think all of their runs in this series were either uh, solo homers or runs scored around the bags, but with two outs already. I'm pretty sure Tellez and Kutch in game one, both of those were with two outs. Don't have to worry about game two because they were none scored. And then Kutch scores a run in the ninth with two outs in game three. And then I think there were two solo homers, Willie and, and Renfro. And it's like there are plays happening that should be leading to more runs than they are. But either no one's on base for these homers or there's two outs before you can actually start driving guys through. And it's just really hard to have a big inning if you know your first swing that scores a guy there's two outs and you're you know one strikeout one random pop-up whatever from the inning being over like they're not getting to work early or when they are there's just no one on the base so uh if if it's going to be lead off yelly or if, when colton can come back hopefully omar is back very soon they just need these guys to get on base more and, and just have more productive at bats more productive innings i think it's kind of a basketball thing where like we would talk about the Bucks let shooters get comfortable because they fed them easy looks. The Brewers need to make these pitchers a little more uncomfortable. We're going to see more outings like Nola where they're just able to go so deep because the crew is just not getting on base, not making these guys sweat at all. The funny thing is, is, uh, you know, we're deep in the midst of this last nine game stretch where it's been, you know, doom and gloom and terrible, but the Brewers have shown the ability to, to, uh, execute in those situations uh with runners in scoring position across 406 at bats through the 59 games they're seventh in terms of ops with an 800 ops in that situation that being said uh those situations are kind of few and far between because they have 406 at bats with runners in scoring position ranked 26 so it's just overall about tying all the production together by consistently providing opportunities to drive runners in and so it seems like they have the ability to execute when there's and if they're given a higher volume of those situations where the the lineup is lengthened and you, and you get your guys back and you're getting on base and you're experimenting with yelly at leadoff and uh willie at uh in the second spot rowdy at third maybe you, you bump renfro up to clean up and just have that thump two through four um, with the table setter and Yelly at the top. I don't know. There's there's things to correct, but I think they are correctable. And some of it comes down to random chance, but it, it really really just seems like overall the offense just needs to execute. And there's there's gonna be opportunity at the trade deadline if 
uh, if they want to improve the team, there are guys available. I can't remember the blog um, that posted. It was a fan blog who was suggesting Trey Mancini from Baltimore. That would be a great pickup. Uh, can play uh, left field. I think he can play first base, but he probably slot in more um, as a DH if Kutch keeps uh, struggling. Uh, but Kutch has shown signs of hopefully kind of riding the ship there. Uh, he gave an interview after the game. Uh, and said nobody's worried in this clubhouse, so they're they're keeping the positive vibes going. Um, but yeah, so w- what needs to change? Uh, keep keep uh, or get on base, and just execute with guys on base. It's just kind of a situation where a lot of it's luck, and a lot of it's just having your full complement of healthy hitters in the lineup. I mean, Mancini is, you know, a good hitter who would immediately lead the team in and on base. And it's kind of close. If you look at guys who are qualifying, it wouldn't be close. But actually, uh, uh, is it Brasso? Yes. Mike Brasso, Brasso, that's how you say his name? Yeah. He's actually had a nice hitting season, too. Hurts to not have him coming off the bench in some of these situations as well. Um, but And uh, Mancini would clearly have the best average, and he would also have the best on base. So it's like... Just having a guy hit 300 would feel incredible right now. You know, the closest they are is Brasso at 279, and then uh, Narvaez right behind him at 274. Neither guy, I think, currently actually qualifies for the maybe maybe uh no neither does. And then um yeah, it's just like you got to get just get on base more. Funny enough, Pablo Reyes at uh 286 is technically the the best average amongst position players although clearly has not logged yeah. enough ab's and did not look like it uh in the ninth inning and if you watch how he got to that 286 two of them were on infield singles to third base and one yeah. of them was a bunt so you know <laughs> yeah. a, li- a little noise in the same little there, deceptive but, yeah i but i i really liked uh pablo reyes when i saw him at triple a made a really nice uh, play at third base but that being said i would have uh much preferred to see Mike Brasso at that plate at the plate with that situation um, with the bases loaded. Yeah. Nevertheless, yeah. we got what we got. Like we said, still a half game lead in the division. Thanks to the St. Louis Cardinals struggling. Um, moving on to the master brewer leaderboard. Uh, despite the sweep, some guys did deserve some recognition for this one. We went with Rowdy Tellez, who was five for 12, one RBI, one double. Uh, Christian Yelich, five for 12, three runs, a stolen base, and a walk. Hobie Milner, two scoreless innings pitched, three strikeouts. He's had a great season. I wanted to reward him um, yeah. for this for this series and just for his consistency over the season. You know, it's, it's tough just based on our criteria to reward middle relievers. It just the opportunity doesn't present itself. Um, but he came in in situations where other guys weren't performing and he got the job done. Um, the leaderboard through 59 games, Rowdy Telez with nine Master Brew points, Corbin Burns at six, Christian Yelich, Jace Peterson, Josh Hader at five, Willie Adamas at four, Tyrone Taylor, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Hunter Renfro, Devin Williams, Colton Wong with three, Brandon Woodruff, Andrew McCutcheon, Luis Arias, Adrian Hauser, and Keston Hero with two, Brad Boxberger, Jason Alexander, Victor Caratini, Trevor Gott, Omar Narvaez, Luke Barker, Peter Strezlecki, and Hobie Milner with one. And that is is your master brewer leaderboard update uh thinking about some other news and notes uh craig council said that brandon woodruff threw a bullpen but he's dealing with something called raynaud's syndrome which is a circulation issue which is impacting his ability to grip the ball uh that doesn't sound great uh but it sounds really bad yeah i like 
I'm very, very concerning. I'm worried about Woody. Uh, but uh, it's just like the indicative of this luck with injuries recently with the Brewers. Uh, it's just like what, whatever, whatever new malady can befall someone, it's going to happen. Did you have any additional thoughts uh, on this series or, or kind of uh, like uh, the Brewers moving forward or, you know, we don't get the opportunity to really dig into tie on the Brewers. Anything else that you want to clean up with before we get to the look ahead? Um, you know, I just, I think it really does uh, somewhat come back to your point of like, they kind of just need their guys to step up more. Um, you know, I think we'll probably get into more as we get a little closer to, to hot stove season, some guys they can go get, but I think we all know, you know, they're not going to bring in four guys, you know, that four, four position players or whatever. I don't think they bring in any pitchers. I think really on the pitching side, you should feel like you can get through with what you've got now. But I think they could probably use a good bat to give him some life. I don't think you can expect more than that. But, you know, whether it's Yelich, who some good signs getting the Master Brewer point, you know, Adames and, and Urias, who have struggled with injuries, Kutch, who I think is just old, but still trying his best. Um, I think there's probably more than you're getting, certainly, out of this these hitters right now. And tough, I think Jace Peterson kind of struggled this series, which with how good he had been, that was just always going to happen at some point. I mean, I'm, I'm a, the guy can only come through so many times. I think he was hitless in the series, but he had a walk. Um, but it's like you can't rely on Jace Peterson to always come through. You really need the the Willie, the Yelich, those kind of guys to be more consistent. So hopefully if they can stay healthy and, and you know continue to play, we'll see those guys turn it around, which obviously makes a huge difference in these games. I really just want – <clears throat> the first time where there's a consistent stretch where we can see Narvaez behind the plate. Yeah. Urias at third, Thomas at short, Colton Long at second, Rowdy at first, Yelich in left, Tyrone Taylor in center, Hunter Renfro in right, McCutcheon DHing. Just what you expected your everyday lineup to be and have that for a run of games and just see what happens. And then oh. if you can kind of get a baseline of data on that collection of guys uh going into the deadline you'll get a much better sense of of what you need that being said injuries are a thing that are going to happen in every baseball season so if you can bolster the bench in some way or have someone that you know in a certain position i don't i'm not ready to say where yet but if you trade for a starter that makes someone else more of a utility guy um that's something you need to look at as well because you're going to need you're going to need a lot of guys to get through a 162 game season and now extended playoffs. Yeah. Um, I guess Brewers, one thing, uh, one thing we ahead, should sorry. mention, sorry. Um, we might be seeing the Kane thing finally, uh, finally happening here. I think he, he, he played in two games against the Phillies, but one, he just pinch ran no ABs or anything else. So basically plays in one game that he did start. Um, and he was 0 for 3 in that game. But I think this is something we kind of hoped we would see with Tyrone Taylor healthy and playing well and Renfro coming back. But it is nice to actually see, like, we might we might be there now with, with Kane not being the everyday guy, which sad to see for sure, but is certainly the right move. And I think being the professional he is and just the overall great guy he is in the interviews, he seems to have understood that this is something that, is going to happen they're going to give Tyler and Taylor a chance to play every day in center field yeah um and having him as a guy that can pinch run late or uh make your defense stronger late in the game as a defensive replacement 
I think he's probably ready to embrace that role um, as he approaches the last stages of his career. Heading to the weekend, uh, the Brewers head back out on the road for three against the Washington Nationals Friday night, uh, 6-10, or 6.05, excuse me, central start, Aaron Ashby versus Eric Fetty. Uh, Saturday, 3.05, central start, Eric Lauer versus the most unlikable man in baseball, Patrick Corbin. Uh, and then on Sunday, 1235 Central Start, Jason Alexander versus, we don't know yet, the, the Nationals have not listed a starting pitcher. Then they head out to New York for three w- against the Mets, then three in Cincinnati before returning home on Monday, June 20th against the Cardinals. Interesting stretch of games. Got a really weak opponent coming up in the Nationals. Might be a great place to right the ship. Took two out of three from the Nationals um, uh, a couple weeks ago. Then you face the New York Mets, who are having a very good season. Uh, another sort of measuring stick game, uh, much like we discussed that those Padres games were, uh, the first set of Padres games anyway, because the second set came uh, with a much weakened roster due to the injuries. The Mets find themselves with a 38-21 record, uh, tied in terms of games, back with the Dodgers for the best record in the National League, a little bit behind them in terms of winning percentage, but they're a very good team. And, you know, if you if the Brewers can get a series win in Washington and then come into that New York series with some momentum, maybe they get some confidence. And then our, our old friends in Cincinnati, uh, it'd be nice to, to see them again and hopefully give them a little payback for the, the series loss earlier in the season. Uh, but, yeah, that's what we've got to look ahead to. Um, and just hopefully a bounce back is coming. I mean, it's baseball. It's it's an everyday sport. So uh, the sun will come up tomorrow. It will. Yeah, the Mets, really impressive. More wins than any other team in the NL. And that's without Scherzer right now, who's hurt. And DeGrom, who is, I don't think has pitched at all this year. Um, certainly uh, a pretty nice resilience there, the way they're swinging the bats. Buck Showalter, good old guy manager. Tommy LaRusso, less so. Uh, is my advanced MLB take. But yeah, I think, you know, it's not a nightmare part of the schedule, but I do think you need to play well against the Nationals and certainly against the Reds, which is not always easiest on the road for both series, but the Mets in there, and then you got Cardinals Blue Jays at home after. That'll be a fun homestand, but certainly some teams you have to take pretty seriously. And I think the way things have been going for the Brewers, you really would love to come into that Cardinals series with a little bit of insurance for the division and not allow them the chance to take a lead in the division if they win that series 3-1 or something like that. Yep. Uh, a lot of re- very intriguing baseball is on the horizon. Uh, I guess that'll do it for us for this episode. An Andrew and Ty episode. We really want to say... Uh, Actually, before we before I get to the outro, I want to dig in on that Larusa thing really quick. Yeah, uh, incredible because, content. Uh, because you know, some people have taken issue with some uh, criticisms of, I've had of Council, and I, I want to say I, overall, I think Council is one of the better managers in baseball. He just has a really knack for understanding his clubhouse and what his his guys need. So I love Craig Council, and I love him even more <laughs> when I see what Tony Larusa does in that baseball game a, a one two count to trey turner uh lefty on the mound so uh walks intentionally walks turner with a two strike count with max muncie on deck muncie hits a three-run homer the 
Max Muncy has struggled this year. He's recovering from an offseason injury. But in that situation, if you are scared of Trey Turner, but you have a two-strike count, just throw him a bunch of pitches out of the zone. Try and, try and get him to chase and strike, strike out there. I, I've seen people p- pull various splits about this season, Turner versus lefties. Uh, this season, uh, Muncy overall, Muncy versus lefties career-wise. Overall, seeing all those stats in the aggregate, it was not a defensible uh, decision. Two strikes on the guy. Throw him to three sliders in the dirt. Throw it over his head if you're scared of him that much. Don't put him on base for Max Muncy, who at his best is one of the better hitters in baseball. Pure lunacy and just like absolutely doubling down and defending himself afterwards. Being like, they're asking, you know, was that a questionable decision? He's like, is that a real question? Yes, it's a real question. Why are you still managing in baseball? First of all, you have terrible takes on everything. (laughs) Uh, Well, he's got one good take. The one good take was when he was uh, defending Tim Anderson. Other than that, all of his takes are terrible. He's got like three DUIs. Like, what are you doing, Tony LaRusso? Like, oh my God. I just, I really, so just, I want to make clear because this whole time, and I'm trying to read an article about it now, I've assumed that something changed on the base paths before the decision. They did, I believe. Um, I think uh, a wild pitch moved the runner from first to second. I still don't oh, yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. defensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I also my theory is that he thought it was two one. I don't think he knew there were two strikes, which is uh, a reason we shouldn't have uh, people that first started managing in 1979 still still managing baseball teams. But that's a separate well, conversation. It's so bizarre because, I mean. Why why wouldn't you just walk him anyway if you wanted to walk him and load the bases? I don't understand what even if even if the situation does change, I guess you still want an out at any base, but he cited the do you know what Trey hits against left-handed pitching with 01 or two strikes? Like if you're you are you more worried about him down one two than you like if his if it's up three oh you're like throw it right down the middle. We're not worried about him in this count because of what the advanced metrics say. And then I know Muncie talked about it fired him up at the time and he had extra motivation. Of course he gets a home run. Like why would you want to put yourself in that situation to be like, yeah, we'd rather throw away our advantage pitching to a guy than and face you than try and strike this guy out with, like you said, you know, throw three in the dirt pitches or something, at least try. It's so it's a lunacy. The thing is, is he is like the least advanced analytics guy in the world. So there is no doubt in my mind that what he was not looking at any meaningful set of data or set of statistics uh, when he was making that decision. Uh, like there's no sabermetrician, if that's a word, or like analyst on your team that would ever come down to the dugout and, and uh, tell you to walk a guy that you've got two strikes on. And if there is, uh, that's that is the situation where I will be okay if someone wants to say get out of here nerd most yeah. of the time i i don't i'm i like advanced statistics i like data i like understanding a situation and making a decision with all of the data at your disposal i don't think larusa was doing that at no. all i think i think he might have he might have lost his mind he's uh he's 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 been in baseball too long he's 77 yeah and he he and he was like done yeah he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a retired. He's a Hall of Famer. He's literally in the Hall of Fame. Like, you had – your career has been good. Just, like, you should probably stop this White Sox thing, man. Like, it's not it's not going well. 
Um, for sure, LaRusso's sabermetician on staff is the creepy scout from Moneyball who's like, we can't take him. His girlfriend is ugly or whatever. That's the guy that's, who's, who's in LaRusso's ear. That's, yeah, that's Tony LaRusso right there. Yeah. And he basically, sure. I, I'm of the mind, I think he ruined your, your mean Mercedes's career after that whole thing where he admonished him. Um, so for, I, that, for these are my, my least favorite situations in sports, by the way. He hit a, 3-0 homer and when they had a a big lead and larusa admonished him for breaking baseball's unwritten rules and it's like you know what you don't want me to hit a homer get me out yeah uh, baseball has written is... rules that say the game goes on if you want the game to end put in a mercy rule like this is yeah what this is professional sports this i remember first hating this and you know you won't find me defending bill belichick very often but the year, like, there were people were, like, clutching pearls about him running up the score. Bro, it's the NFL. Like, if you don't want them to score, don't let them score. And that's always my thing with taunting. Taunting should be legal and encouraged. If you don't want a guy to taunt, this is baseball, get him out. Strike him out. Don't throw at his damn head. And I'm not saying that. I know that's, that is somehow the unwritten rule. Like, it's okay to throw at a guy's head, but not hit a homer. Like, what a weird... This is like even outside of, you know, hey, it's better win probability to get more runs. And the game literally, you can't run out the clock. So literally anything can happen in a baseball game. Even besides that, like, you know, this is guy's careers. This guy's livelihoods depend on these numbers. And if you can get an extra homer and a couple more ribbies, like, that's a big deal. All this is to say, Craig Council, I appreciate you for not being <laughs> like t- Tony LaRusa. Um, before. Before I close close down here, I will say that uh, we are still waiting for Craig to equal Phil Garner's mark of 563 wins. Um, so one more win, and he will match that total. So uh, hopefully we can have a, a celebratory conversation about that on the next episode. Um, this leads me to, to do the outro. Thank you for joining me, Ty. I don't do this often. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at Brewers GSBN. Subscribe to us uh, wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I use a thing called Overcast, no free ads, uh, cruising <laughs> for a bruising. Uh, subscribe to the Eurostep podcast as well. So you can listen to Ty, Rohan, Jordan, and Adam. Uh, obviously, Ty and Rohan do the Eurostep. Adam and Jordan do the Win and Six, six podcast. And there's a lot of collaboration uh, in between, they even had me on some YouTube videos towards the end of the playoffs where I oh, potentially yeah. jinxed Grayson Allen. But, you know, <laughs> so, sometimes when, when you're making a take, that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you can follow Ty on Twitter at Ty Windish. Is that right? Did I get yeah, that right? It is. It is. <laughs> Perfect. You can follow me at AC Snide. Follow Adam at Adam McGee 11. Uh, I don't post many takes. I'm going to start getting more ramped up in the Brewers Twitter game. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I was, just, I was just trying to get my bona fides with a couple of months of uh, of watching games under my belt. So, you know, I'm educated in my takes. Um, leave us a five-star review on, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, as you've seen from previous episodes, if you do it, I might sing it. I will not sing it as well as Rohan, but I will <laughs> I will sing it nonetheless. Um that does it for us. I think I've covered everything except also if you want uh, to support the squad at GSBN, uh, gsbnstore.com, where you can get some great cruising for a bruising merch, some great one and six merch, some great Euro step merch. Uh, get a coffee mug, get a pint glass to, to help you uh, unwind or pep yourself up uh, for Brewers baseball. I will say quickly, great outro. 
all of the things that you mentioned, plus access to our Discord where a lot of Bucks talk, but good Brewers talk as well. You can find all this stuff, gspn.info. It's very easy. All of the links are there, including all of our Twitters, all that fun stuff. So uh, to get in the Discord, find the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, the YouTube, the Substack, the merch store. We have a lot going on, man. gspn.info has you covered. Yes, it does. One-stop shopping, gspn.info. Thanks for joining me, Ty. Thanks for coming in uh, from the bullpen, off the bench, to taking it bat. Um, We'll see you next time, and get well soon, Adam. But uh, overall, uh, thanks for joining me, Ty. Hope you have a great day. Thanks. You too, Andrew. And yeah, get well soon, Adam.